0: Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, I wrote an article called 11 Things I've Learned About People in 11 Years, and it seemed to uh, be shared quite successfully. And I thought I'd turn it into a podcast and a live feed for the progressive property community. So I'm going to share with you 11 things I've learned about people in the last 11 years. Now, I'm not a people expert or guru. I'm a student of people. Uh, One thing I've picked up is that uh, I really love meeting new and interesting people. Uh, And and I believe property and business is a people business. Uh, And most of the mistakes I see that I make or I see our community make or my staff, my team make, are around communicating with people. Um, That's first and foremost, whether it's, a, you know, making an offer or whether it's through planning or, um, you know, you, you have an emotional hijack and you react towards someone. Um, but in, in reality, everywhere in your life, people are either going to assist you or resist you towards your vision. You know, you're either going to be a leader to them uh, and they're going to be inspired to work with you and for you to help you get closer towards your goals and dreams. Or you're going to build an adversary, an enemy, a resistor, who's going to do everything they can to stop you from getting to your results, your goals and your dreams. Now, that's natural because sometimes it's in the form of a competitor. We're all naturally, as we grow, going to have critics, trolls and haters. And the purpose of having those people around is to teach us to grow and to not be complacent. Um, and uh, so there is a purpose there, but you can minimize the amount of resistors and increase the amount of assisters you have in your journey. All right. So these aren't all going to come across all, you know, um, fluffy and positive. You know, some of these are hard lessons um, that I've taken personally, but I believe to be true. And the first one is definitely that no one works for you. Everyone works for themselves. And if you're an entrepreneur, you employ anyone, whether it's an outsourcer, a VA, a PA, an MD or a whole staff. If you think they work for you, I believe you're naive because what they work for is to feed their kids, to pay their bills, to pay their mortgage, to earn money, to do the things in life that they want to do. That's what they work for. And so in that regard, everyone is selfish in that we all work for ourselves. Um, And so the skill in motivating, inspiring and leading these people is to not have them think that you've got a card in your pocket, which you pull out, go, you work for me card. This is the you work for me card. No, I'm paid by you. You You're paid by me. This is the you work for me card. In the early days, if people resisted me, I'd be like, well, wait a minute, I employ you and I'll pay your wages. Um, and if you, if, you, if you say that, you lose all goodwill. And so the only reason they'll work for you is because they feel bribed emotionally or financially in some way. And if, you know, and the, 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 the first chance they get to get rid of you, they will. And this can be anybody. This can be, you know, some people who act a bit like that in a relationship, um, whether it's a parental relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship, you know, where you feel used this is the same across the board. So when you understand, um, actually, I'm going to link this to a couple more points. So I'll, go, I'll move on to the second point. So the second point is this. People will lie to you if it's easier than telling the truth. So a lot of people are like, oh, I wish they wouldn't lie to me. Just like I, a lot of people are like, well, I wish they'd just do their job because they work for me. These are naive wishes that are never going to come true. If it's easier to lie than to tell the truth, they'll pick lying almost every time. Children, you know, if it's easier to lie than to tell the truth, they'll lie. The lies are pushing off the boundaries. Uh, So if you naively believe that people should be telling you the truth, um, then I think you're living in a little bit of a fantasy. And, And so if people are lying to you, instead of going, why are they lying? Make it easier for them to tell the truth. And that might be never berating them, never chastising them or publicly shaming them if they bring you the truth. Um, You know, always maintaining a balanced emotional state if they bring you the truth, looking to solve problems if they bring you the truth. Um, And I remember in the past when I was a lot younger, if I'd lie to my dad, it was because I was scared to tell the truth because I just thought his reaction would be so bad. I'd never wanted to lie to my dad. It was just easier than telling the truth. Okay. the third thing is people will only do what you want them to do if you articulate clearly what it is that you want them to do. This is another one in communication. The amount of times where I just say, go and do X, and they're like, well, what's X? And I'm like, well, there's X, is X. And they're like, well, I thought it looked a bit like Y. No, it's X. Oh, now it looks a bit like Z. Um, And, you know, that lack of clarity in communication. I get messages on an hourly basis that are reams long, massive scrolls. And at the end, I'm like, I don't know what the question is. Um, And I don't say that to be in any way other than constructive But um, if it's not clear what they want, I can't answer it. So sometimes um, succinct communication, clear communication really helps. You know, sometimes people, they're playing all these games emotionally where they're like, you know, I won't ask this person. I'll just sort of try and manoeuvre and get them to ask me Um, or, you know, uh, it's like you expect them to read your mind. If you're married, you'll know what we mean about this. No, be very clear about what you want. Ask for it. Clearly articulate it. Uh, get it backed up in writing. Uh, that saves a lot um, of miscommunication, especially in properties and viewings and offers and finance. You know, you want to get things clearly written down. OK, number four, then, is most of the time no one's thinking about you. So, you know, you obsess, we obsess as individuals about how people are thinking about us, perceiving us, rejecting us, reacting to us, you know, judging us. Uh, And and I think that's a little bit, uh, at best, over-optimistic of the amount of time we think that they're thinking about us. Uh, You know, maybe a little bit mildly arrogant to think that they're spending all their day thinking about us. Most people are dealing with their own shit, worrying about their own problems, thinking about themselves, their problems. And, you know, 99% of the time when you think they're thinking about you, they're not thinking about you at all. And, And how does that help you to know that? That helps you because if you feel you're being judged or if you feel, you know, you're being rejected... Um, or that someone doesn't like you and you have a problem with that, just know that they're just not even thinking about it. It's not even a concern of theirs. They're busy with their own stuff. And so in that regard, that will help you go out and get more of what you want, ask more for what you want, risk getting rejected more, because, hey, they reject you, they move on. They're not even thinking about you anymore. God, man, that used to consume my life. Now I get rejected and I just think for days what they're thinking about me and who they're talking to other people about me. And they weren't. They just weren't um and yeah you know and like here's the thing that how much time do you waste worrying being concerned thinking about what other people are saying I mean it's just I mean if you could have all that time in your life, I reckon I'd have saved 15 hours a week for my whole life if I could bring back, back back all that time um and I knew that was a weakness in me and I've been trying to work on that but hey you know none of us are perfect all right then number five then and this is a big one if you hold people to your own expectations you will always be disappointed because everybody has different values. So no one is trying to live up to your expectations. Everyone is trying to live up to their own. Now some people want to please you and live up to your own expectations and it's wise to know that so that you can, you know, make them feel good about that and get, you know, get the results out of them that you want if they're in your team. But ultimately, people will always let you down if you're judging them on your standards because your standards are your standards and their standards are their standards. You know, like if you're an early person and people are late and that pisses you off, you're never going to change them because a late person is a late person, an early person is an early person. A committed person is a committed person and uh, someone who's not committed, well, in fact, a committed person is committed in the thing they're committed in and uncommitted in the things that they're not interested in and vice versa. So um, yeah, let go of expecting people to live up to your standards and if you can inspire them to live up to their own, or if you can just accept that you know the results they get and what they deliver for you is the best they did or it's what they do, uh, uh, then you don't make that increased gap of expectation. I.e., the more you expect of someone, the, the less happy you're going to be with them. Whereas you know you can only really ever expect anyone to be themselves. So sometimes I try and get love from my wife in certain ways with her, you know, exhibiting certain behaviours, expecting her to read my mind. Um, I never get any sympathy. If I ever come to her, you know, let's say I come to her and I'm looking for a bit of, you know, sympathy and affection and I'm, you know, having a little bit of a moan about things that are, you know, not quite going right. Oh, Rob, you're great. Rob, I love you. Rob, you're awesome. All she does is, well, go and sort that out stop moaning about it." it. You know, if I'm trying to fill my void through how I'm expecting my wife to react When my wife will only ever react how my wife reacts and my wife will never react how I want her to react. And if I learn how she reacts and then, you know, play to that accordingly, then, you know, things are are definitely a lot better. I think there are a lot of people trying to fill their own happiness and fulfillment voids through getting it through other people. You know, like you want to be around positive people because negative people drain you. Well, you don't actually want your moods and your happiness and your fulfilment to be filled or emptied externally by other people. You want those to be filled internally by you because then it's enough. And then you're not sort of out of control and a victim to how other people are. And again, that's something else I've, you know, I've definitely sort of struggled with over the years and tried to um, get better at. OK, um, point six then is this. People are both your greatest asset and your greatest liability. If you have a great staff, a great team, then you can have a leveraged lifestyle, you can create multiple income streams, you can have systems and processes, and you can live your ideal life. But if you're having problems and there's problems in your team, you know, there's problems with your kids or your husband or your wife, you know how that can be turmoil as well. And I'm really, really explicitly clear on the fact that nothing has a an, uh, an, an 100% upside and nothing has a 100% downside. So the great thing about having a team around you is, of course, the leverage, the systems, the growth, the speed, you know, that you can get more done. You can have the multiple streams of income and leads and business. The downside is the responsibility, the overhead. You know, you've got to deal with other people's baggage and issues. You've got to go and fix other people's problems that they're supposed to be fixing for you. So people are your greatest asset. Invest in them wisely. The two greatest assets that you should invest in wisely are yourself, your education, your experience, your intuition, your knowledge, you know, through um, what you learn and who you hang around with and what you consume. And then also the people around you that you outsource and leverage that knowledge to. So, you know, you can't learn everything yourself. You can't be the best at everything yourself, even though, you know, we'd we'd like to try. Um, An entrepreneur is usually a good generalist. They're not specifically better, great at one thing. They're usually generically good at a lot of things, which means that you have to hire specialists and you have to outsource and have faith and give the praise and the knowledge and the Um, responsibility of individual tasks to other people which means you get the leverage but you get the pain when that breaks okay fine number seven then you need people to grow you need people to scale you need people to manage systems and so therefore just VAs and systems and apps are not enough and I think a lot of people think they can live this completely mobile leverage lifestyle on a a laptop uh, and they don't have any responsibility no tenants no staff My dad, um, in his infinite wisdom, in his later days of his pub where he was getting a bit stressed out, he said, you know what, son, the two worst things about uh, business are staff and customers. I thought, thanks for the wisdom, dad. Um, And the reality is, though, you do need people to be able to grow. People still have to operate systems. People still have to, you know, design and write and code things. People still need to deal with complaints. You can't just all do it on a messenger and in this world of automation, I think that's getting lost a bit, and I think it's really important to remember that um, you know you do need people to grow an empire if you want to build an empire. Okay, number eight then. Money is rarely the most important part of someone's job satisfaction. Um, it's important, but actually, according to a lot of research, it's not in the top three things that people will work for you for. And this is really important to you know, to n- important for you to know. I should speak more quietly. Okay, so they are P-R-A, Progression, Recognition, Autonomy. So people value progression in a career, recognition for the good work that they do, and autonomy to get on with the the job without being micromanaged more than money. And those things are worth um, apparently 17 to 20% of a salary, i.e. if you give progression, recognition, and autonomy, you're going to save about 20% per salary. Um, Because I think most of us realise that money isn't the be-all and end-all. Money is the vehicle to buy and free up time to do the things that we love to do. It's a mechanism of exchange of value. So most people, when you dig deep enough, they don't want... Well, they do want money, but what they want is the freedom, the time, the choice, etc. And, you know, we want to feel important. We want to feel loved. We want to feel recognised. So remember, PRA, progression, recognition and autonomy before... Money being the most um, important, relevant um, motivator, if you like, and therefore you'll motivate, lead and inspire more people. Okay, number nine, then, is any rational, even nice, caring human being can turn into a monster over email. Email, I think, is a very cold method of communication and emails will always get misread. I sometimes get a lot of emails and have to ping them out quick. Uh, And if I ping them out quick, people will read them that they're blunt and they're curt. They're not blunt in the sense of blunt. They're quick because I've got a million emails. I will do a lot of emails on the plane. And then as soon as the plane lands and I get the signal again, people get like 15 emails from me in one go. And then they get overwhelmed. They start thinking, oh, Rob's all over me, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not thinking any of this. I'm just trying to be efficient with my time. You definitely don't want to do any dear Johns and let people down and blow them out and fire them and, you know, dump them or whatever over written email or text. And very often the problem to um, miscommunication and problems that are arising and this massive overwhelm of communication is just pick up the phone, pick up the phone and speak to someone, get in the car and go and visit them for, you know, half an hour. Um, but I, I used to hide a lot behind email and hardly ever get on the phone. And if, if there's a semblance of a problem now, I know you pick up the phone, you speak to someone, they can sense that you care, you can talk to them, they can have their say, you can have yours, you can communicate properly. If they're misunderstood, you can correct them and, and, or they can correct you and you can correct them and vice versa. And it's so much better. So be careful of communicating your whole life behind a device because it's taking away that human aspect that we still all desire. Okay. Um, number 10 then is hire great people, but then you've got to get out their way and let them get on with it. And your job should be to inspire them, to lead them, to train them and to help them grow to the PRA, the progression, recognition and autonomy that they want. The amount of people, and I still do this to this day because it's one of the hardest things to do as an entrepreneur, but sometimes you hire people and then you micromanage them a bit. You hire people, you're all happy when they're happy and when they're doing a good job, you're happy and then something goes wrong and you want to get in and fix it. Um, Or they do something their way and not your way and you want to go in and say, hey, look, that's not not really how we do it here. Um, But the the greatest skill of a leader, of an entrepreneur, of a developer of talent and a builder of teams is to find great people and hire them then just get out their way. Give them the training, give them the onboarding, give them the port of call, the access to you, the access to HR, the access to all the resources they need to do a good job. And then let them do that job. Otherwise, get rid of them and do it yourself. Okay, And I've actually experienced uh, you know, a few instances of, of me kind of getting in the way recently, which has you know, been a challenge for me. I find that um, uh, I obviously wrote Life Leverage and I have created a completely leveraged lifestyle. But what I find is when I free up a load of time and I've got nothing to do, I end up going and just making a mess of things. And it's not even a conscious thing. It's just I can't stand being bored. And so if I, I need something to create, because if I've got a book to write or a product to create or, you know, a podcast to do, then all I'll do is, oh, what are you up to? What are you up to? What are you up to? Oh, you, you, you know, go, and I'm just getting in the way of my team and then it pisses them off. Um, so it's a constant thing. I feel like I'm learning all the time. Um, but I've, I've got 70 staff, so I've done it 70 times well and I just cock it up every now and again. OK, and then number 11, um, and there's probably more, um, but number 11 is I think it's important to trust people, give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's always wise to verify. Trust But verify Um, the amount of times people have brought me an argument about an individual and they've done a compelling case that believe in me that their argument is 100 percent one sidedly correct. And and then I might have gone and reacted to that person. But then when I listen to them, they've swung me back the other way and and made me feel that their side is 100 percent one sidedly correct. And the reality is there are all sides. So you should listen to all sides when you're basing an opinion. If There's a disagreement. You should hear all sides and get all of the knowledge. You should trust people and what they say, but you should go back and fact check, especially when you're making important decisions. That way, then you won't be disappointed, um, you know, or feel that you're getting manipulated by people. All right. So let me summarize the 11 things I've learned about people in 11 years. And remember, these aren't meant to be fluffy. You know, there are other ones like, you know, I think it's good to be an optimist. Um, I think it's good to be around great people, energetic people, inspired people, motivated people, knowledgeable people. I think it's really important to have mentors. You know, I think it's good to have faith and see the good in people. You know, all these things are important. But these 11 things, I think they're like bucket of cold water over my face things that I've learned. Because I'm naturally quite trusting. I'm naturally quite optimistic. uh, and, And these have been really good lessons for me about people. And actually, they're the harsher side of things about people. But actually, they make my relationships with people better. So they are paradoxically more positive than some of the fluffy stuff. So let me summarise these then. Number one, people don't work for you, they work for themselves. When you realise they work for themselves, you find out what they're working for for themselves, then you give them what they're working for for themselves and then they work for you much harder and better and for less money. Number two, people will lie to you if it's easier than telling the truth. So your job is to make it easy for them to tell the truth and then they won't pick the lie. And they'll do that every time, by the way. Number three is people will, will do what you, they want to do until you articulate clearly and concisely what you want them to do. So be clear with your communication, what you want them to do. Otherwise they'll just do whatever they want to do. You can't blame them for that. Even if it's under your, um, you know, pay structure and your time. Number four, most of the time, people are not thinking about you. They're worrying about their own life. So don't obsess about what they're thinking about. And I know that's easier said than done, but work on that. Just realise they're consumed with their own stuff, which is also important to know why they're consumed with their own stuff. You know, I've had a few instances just in this last week where people have given me constructive feedback, which is verging on um, attacking me as a person. Uh, and I think I've take, taken it on really well this week, you know, sat there and smiled and um, accepted it as feedback. And then sort of thought about it and thought, well, you know what? maybe that wasn't fair, or maybe I didn't put across my side. But then when I think, well, you know what, what have they got going on in their life? You know, have they got trouble at home? You know, do they, um, have they got a lot of responsibility? Are they tired from working really hard? Are they stressed? And when I understand all of that, then I understand why they've said what they've said. When, then I understand that it's not about me, it's about them. Then when I understand them, I care about them a bit more and it creates this sort of virtuous cycle. And of course, it takes you in managing your chimp, your child, you know, your emotional hijacking of your brain to be able to do that. And that's something that I'm always working on. i I'm patting myself on the back that I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, but I think your business will only grow when that ability grows. But of course, still make mistakes um, in that regard. Okay, then, number five, um, if you hold people to your expectations, you'll always be disappointed, so hold them to theirs, not yours. Number six, people are your greatest asset but can be your greatest li- liability. Number seven, you actually need people to grow. You need people, um, even if you leverage you create systems and processes and auto- automation, you still need people to manage that. McDonald's still needs staff even though it's fully automated. Uh, number eight, money is really the most important thing when someone works. Um, it's progression, recognition, autonomy over money. Number nine, people will turn into two-headed monsters over email or text. You know, like that with the uh, sort of road rage syndrome. So get communication more open, either on the phone or face-to-face. That will really just transform your relationships and your results. You could have months of disagreement over email that you could sort in a half-hour meeting face-to-face. Number 10, hire great people, but then get out of their way and let them do their job and give them all the, pro- the resources they need to do a great job. No one likes to being micr- micromanaged. And then number 11, trust people, but also verify, listen to both sides, get the facts before you make decisions. All right, so thanks for tuning in. So this was a Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast that I also, for a bit of fun, I rarely do this now, but I've live-feeded this into the Progressive Property community. So if you're in the Progressive Property community and you don't listen to the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, you need to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, um, everywhere we are now, I think. I think you can even now say into Alexa, listen to Rob Moore, Disruptive Entrepreneur, and um, we're apparently live on that as well. Um, Yeah, and if you're also, if you're listening to this podcast... And into property in any way, um, then join the Progressive Property Community. It's another one of my companies. Um, there's 19,000-odd of active Progressive Property Community members in the Facebook group. So just search Progressive Property Community on Facebook. So thanks for giving me your time tuning in. The great mystery of people. Uh, and how to lead, manage and inspire them. 11 things I've learned in 11 years. and uh, I'm learning all the time, so there'll be more. There'll be definitely be a part two to this. And it'll be after a major cock-up I do when I do something really stupid, which I tend to do on a daily basis or when I open my mouth. So thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.